Section 6 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 9, December 30, 1879. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 9, December 30, 1879. Pet and Her Cat now pussy i've something to tell you you know it is new year's day the big folks are down in the parlor and mamma is just gone away we are all alone in the nursery and i want to talk to you dear so you must come and sit by me and make believe you hear you see there's a new year coming it only begins today do you know i was often naughty in the year that is gone away you know i have some bad habits I'll mention just one or two, but there really is quite a number of naughty things that I do. You see, I don't learn my lessons, and oh, I do hate them so. I doubt if I know any more today than I did a year ago. Perhaps I am awfully stupid. They say I'm a dreadful dunce. How would you like to learn spelling? I wish you could try it once. And don't you remember Christmas? Twas naughty, I must confess but while i was eating my dinner i got two spots on my dress and they caught me stealing the sugar but i only got two little bits when they found me there in the closet and frightened me out of my wits and pussy when people scold me i'm always so sulky then if they only would tell me gently i never would do it again oh pussy i know i am naughty and often it makes me cry i think it would count for something if they knew how hard I try. But I'll try again in the new year, and oh, I shall be so glad, if I only can be a good little girl and never do anything bad. How Sunken Ships Are Raised When a ship sinks some distance from the shore in several fathoms of water, and the waves conceal her, it may seem impossible to some of our readers that she can ever be floated again but if she rests upon a firm sandy bottom without rocks and the weather is fair enough for a time to give the wreckers an opportunity it is even probable that she can be brought into port in boston new york philadelphia baltimore norfolk and new orleans large firms are established whose special business it is to send assistance to distressed vessels and to save the cargo if the vessels themselves cannot be prevented from becoming total wrecks and these firms are known as wreckers a name which in the olden time was given to a class of heartless men dwelling on the coast who lured ships ashore by false lights for the sake of the spoils which the disaster brought them when a vessel is announced to be ashore or sunk the owners usually apply to the wreckers and make a bargain with them that they shall receive a certain proportion of her value if they save her and the wreckers then proceed to the scene of the accident taking with them powerful tugboats large pontoons immense iron cables and a massive derrick perhaps only the topmasts of the wreck are visible when they reach it but even though she is quite out of sight she is not given up if the sea is calm and the wind favorable one of the men puts a diving dress over his suit of heavy flannels the trousers and jacket are made of india rubber cloth fitting close to the ankles wrists and across the chest 
which is further protected by a breastplate a copper helmet with a glass face is used for covering the head and is screwed on to the breastplate one end of a coil of strong rubber tubing is attached to the back of the helmet to the outside of which a running cord is also attached and continued down the side of the dress to the diver's right hand where he can use it for signaling his assistance when he is beneath the surface his boots have leaden soles weighing about twenty-eight pounds and as this with the helmet is insufficient to allow his descent four blocks of lead weighing fifty pounds are slung over his shoulders and a waterproof bag containing a hammer a chisel and a dirk knife is fastened over his breast he is transferred from the steamer that has brought him from the city to a small boat which is rowed to a spot over the wreck and a short iron ladder is put over the side down which he steps and when the last rung is reached he lets go and the water bubbles and sparkles over his head as he sinks deeper and deeper the immersion of the diver is more thrilling to a spectator than it is to him the rubber coil attached to his helmet at one end is attached at the other to an air pump which sends him all the breath he needs and if the supply is irregular a pull at the cord by his right hand secures its adjustment he is not timid and he knows that the only thing he has to guard against is nervousness by which he might lose his presence of mind the fish dart away from him at a motion of his hand and even a shark is terrified by the apparition of his strange globular helmet he is careful not to approach the wreck too suddenly as the tangled rigging and splinters might twist or break the air pipe and signal line when his feet touch the bottom he looks behind before and above him before he advances an inch looming up before him like a phantom in the foggy light is the ship and now perhaps if any of the crew have gone down with her the diver feels a momentary horror but if no one has been lost he sets about his work and hums a cheerful tune it may be that the vessel has settled low in the sand that she is broken in two or that the hole in her bottom cannot be repaired but we will suppose that the circumstances are favorable that the sand is firm and that the hull in an easy position the diver signals to be hauled up makes his report and in his next descent he is accompanied by several others who help him to drag massive chains of iron underneath the ship at the bow at the stern and in the middle this is a tedious and exhausting operation which sometimes takes many days and when it is completed the pontoons are towed into position at each side of the ship the pontoons simply described are hollow floats they are oblong built of wood and possess great buoyancy some of them are over a hundred feet long eighteen feet wide and fourteen feet deep but their size and the number of them used depend on the length of the vessel that is to be raised circular tubes or wells extend through them and when the chains are secured underneath the ship the ends are inserted in these wells by the divers and drawn up through them by hydraulic power the chains thus form a series of loops like the common swing of the playground in which the ship rests and as they are shortened in being drawn up through the wells the ship lifts the ship lifts if all be well if the chains do not part or some other accident occur but the wreckers need great patience and sometimes they see the labor of weeks undone in a minute 
we are presupposing success however and instead of sinking or capsizing the ship appears above the bubbling water and between the pontoons which groan and tremble with her weight as soon as her decks are above water so much of the cargo is removed as is necessary to enable the divers to reach the broken part of the hull which they patch with boards and canvas if she is built of wood or with iron plates if she is of iron this is the most perilous part of the diver's work as there are so many projections upon which his air tube may catch but he finds it almost as easy to ply his hammer and drill in making repairs under water as on shore the ship is next pumped out and borne between the pontoons by powerful tugs to the nearest dry dock where all the damages are finally repaired and in a month or two she is once more afloat with nothing to indicate her narrow escape end of section six